Welcome to Illicit Liaisons, the podcast where we cover the good, the bad, and the naughty of romance fiction. I'm Jenna Hart. I'm Ellen Butler. And if you're ready, let's talk about Illicit Liaisons. So Ellen, what you got going on these days? Um, or not? I am, <laughs> I'm working on a couple of novels. Um working on historical fiction, working on another mystery, and I'm reading, I'm actually reading The Secret Life of Violet Grant for my book club, which is coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. It's a, it goes back and forth between Violet Shiler, who lived in 1912, and Vivian, who's living in the 60s, who I I think it's her aunt. I have to look back at that, but uh, supposedly there's, um, she murdered her husband and and Vivian gets this suitcase of hers in the mail and she starts digging in to find out because she's never heard of this uh, person in her family because obviously she there was a scandal attached to her. And so she starts digging into it. And so uh, the way the author wrote it is we're going back and forth between the two time periods and, and reading the stories of, of both the women and their love life and uh, what happened and what really happened to Violet Grant. Now, do you meet over Zoom or do you meet in person? Uh, We are meeting over Zoom now. Uh, We we obviously used to meet in person, but I think, well, in March and April, we just kind of put everything on hold to see what was going on in the world. And then in May, we were desperate for conversation and to see other people. (laughs) So we started meeting. And actually what we found was meeting on Zoom we get more people because if people are out of town or anything, they can just zoom in. And um, so I don't think we're going to continue it on forever, but for the time being, we're doing well with the zoom and we're getting a majority of people to show up rather than kind of a little more helter skelter, what we used to have. Right. Right. Um, I'm not, I have a, you know, critique group and I said we could zoom, we could zoom in the critique group, but one of them's like, I'm too old to figure that out. He's like, my computer's like a boat anchor, you know, and, and uh, the other person didn't want to. So they, we did start meeting in person about two weeks ago really? uh, with masks, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, trying to social distance. Um, but then the last two weeks when things have sort of gotten worse again, I was like, you know what, I, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm a healthy person, but I've seen enough of people who've been plenty healthy and younger than me succumb to this and I don't want to risk it. You know, I'd rather just stay home and read a romance. <laughs> that is probably the safe thing to do. And you should tell them to try and get on zoom. My parents, we got my parents on zoom. So they're zooming on I my dad's my tablet. I got my mom on zoom so we could have our cocktail parties. My mom and my sister and I, we have, once a month now we have a little cocktail party and you know oh, I'm gonna have to crash that you're gonna have to let me know one of these times they they are pretty hilarious the first time we did it uh it was kind of late um well not late maybe eight o'clock or something we got mm-hmm. on and and um at midnight you know <laughs> we were still still going strong <laughs> My mom, good cocktails. <laughs> my mom set her computer, well, she does it from her iPad, set it up right in front of, she has a hutch that has all their booze. And so she just set up right in front of it and 
you know, but every now and then Rachel would kind of lean over, you know, like this. Mm-hmm. And she was reaching down to, <laughs> to get a refill. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's us. Because we can't go out anymore, you know? I know. We, uh, we I miss my girlfriends. I know. It's just horrible. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, today we're going to be talking about pet peeves and romance. Because uh, I have a couple. A lot. <laughs> um, but you, if you read... I mean, these happen in every book, right? It's not just pet peeves and romance, but you read something and you, it's like yelling at the TV, right? You know, it's like, (laughs) no way, or that's dumb, or, ah, you know, something that makes you cringe. Uh, That's what we're talking about. And and I I have a couple. Um, (laughs) Really? Are you sure? (laughs) Um, But I I don't think it's excessive. I don't think. I'll start. I'll start. You start. Um, one of my pet peeves is, you know, in a romance, especially now, you know, we want to read about a woman who is her own woman and she's out in the world and, you know, she, she doesn't need a man, um, you know, but, you know, we have a romance, but she doesn't need him to, to be whole or to be in her thing. But sometimes we get a, these books where um, she's, the author wants to depict her as being really kind of strong and, and, you know, her own person, but she really just comes off being obnoxiously snarky or um, itchy or just, Mm -hmm. just, it's unlikable to the point where you're like, why does this guy even like her? Cause you know, everything out of her mouth is just, um, something kind of negative or with attitude or, you know, um, and that makes me crazy. That's, you know, I, I cannot be alone in that. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean that, you know, every comment is a smart alecky comment and, um, and they're just, and they, they're, it's constantly sniping type of thing, yeah. trying to be funny, but sniping. I, I know what you mean. And, and you're like, why would, first of all, a lot of times I don't finish those books because I'm like, if I don't like the main character, why am I bothering? Right. I'm not invested because right. it's just, it's, it's, I don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who has time for it? Yeah. Yeah. And it goes, you know, the other part of that, which I think I've added on my list, but it's part of the same is, you know, especially in romances where the, the couple aren't supposed to like each other maybe in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's like a banter between them. But it's that same thing, you know, that it just, it tips over into something that might be humorous and clever into something that's kind of mean and Mm -hmm. nasty. Uh, I don't, I don't like that either because, you know, a woman can be strong and she can sometimes be obnoxious, but to have everything that she says or does be sort of this automatic, but against what the guy is saying or doing or what somebody else is, it's just like too much. Well, I just feel that you're not going to get a good romance because to me that doesn't feel as though there's chemistry there when they're always sniping or being nasty with each other. So at some point there has to be some kindness or or something that's not so so cruel. Um, On the opposite end of yours, which you just said, one of my pet peeves is characters that don't talk. Um, I mean, I get that 
you, they, there's an issue or conflict or something, and they might not talk for a certain period of time. But when you start something at the beginning and they're not having a conversation about it, and it doesn't end until the end, that just drives that just drives me crazy. And this actually goes to one of your pet peeves: the secret babies. <laughs> I hate your babies. That's a trope. Oh. Secret babies. <laughs> yeah. So they like reconnect, or you know, the 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 man's maybe been out of her life, and she's raising this child, or whatever, and like they reconnect, and she just doesn't tell them at all about the the baby. Yeah. Because they don't talk until like the very very end, and I'm like, yeah, I I find that a little unbelievable, especially if they start reconnecting rekindling that romance or whatever and you're not going to tell them yeah and that goes to motivation and a lot of times there isn't sufficient motivation or or sufficient reason for her to not tell um Mm -hmm. or you know there's a lot of times where it was just like one sentence could fix this whole thing you know one you know say saying what really happened or what you're really thinking could fix the whole thing. And if it's, if it's that easy, then that gets kind of annoying. Cause you're just like, Oh my God, we're just, you know, right. continuing on this road. But at the same time, part, there is sort of that interplay in romance, that idea of, you know, um, that, that sort of disconnect between them, but you have to have, there's sort of a fine line between it being like, Oh, come on you know, you have to say that (laughs) versus why they wouldn't say the one thing that could fix everything, you know, if that makes sense, you know, because I think that's part of a romance anyway, that, that it takes a while to build the trust or whatever, to be vulnerable, whatever, but you kind of have a really good reason to do that. Right. And you're right. I think you're, you're, you've hit the nail on the head with the motivation you need to make it a strong enough motivation not to talk about something for the first 15 chapters or whatever, rather than all 30 chapters. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, if the reader is like, Oh, come on. Whereas if the reader is, is like, well, I, I, I could see why she didn't say that, or I could see why he doesn't want to say that to her, you mm-hmm. know, and you read enough of them, you kind of know, well, this is probably the thing that's going to be a problem at the end. <laughs> This will be our conflict, our major conflict. But if you could buy into it, you know, then you're good. But if if the reader is like, oh, come on, you know, just just say something. Um, I've read a couple books recently where it hasn't really been that, but it's, it's, you know, and it's always the women for me. I always kind of, I don't know, maybe I give men the benefit of the doubt in books or something, but a lot of times the woman will be... Um, like if the man is really trying and the woman is just not at all, won't even, not only won't meet them halfway, but won't even take us, they're just like back going backwards. And, you know, I'm always like, why is the man keeping going when she's just like not even, you know, and I know I'm not talking about forcing himself or, you know, it's nothing mm-hmm. like that, but he's making all these gestures, overtures, you know, And she's just reading, you know, bad stuff in it. (laughs) Like he's just manipulating me or whatever. But I'm like, why is he even bothered? So one of the books I just read, I was like, I would have walked out by now. You know, I would have just been like, never mind, fine. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. There's got to be a reason for them to get something out of it. And if if they're not in real life, 
you know, people are going to walk away um, unless there's something keeping them together, like they're drug addicts together or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't read a lot of drug addict romances, but you know, there, then there would be a codependency reasoning yeah. for them to stay together and, and being this way. But yeah. 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 Well, the book I just read, they were, they were married, but, and she wanted a divorce and he's trying so hard. They got two little kids. He's trying so hard. Uh, the book was good. I enjoyed it, but there were a couple of times where I was like, man, you know, he's just keeps taking a wallop. And she's just, you know, and eventually she comes around. She does have a history that, that sort of, um, is expensive. Do they? My, my question is, do, you know, in that book that you're talking about, do, do they establish a history in which it's difficult for her to to begin trusting him again or something like that? Um, it's not that she doesn't trust him as much as that she has a back history growing up that has, that already sort of made it difficult for her to trust. And, okay. and, the, and the marriage came about not in a regular way, um, you know, uh, she got pregnant okay. and, you know, they got I mean, married yeah. and, you know, and then he has to travel a lot and stuff like that. So, you know, already it was sort of, you know, but they loved each other, but anyway, it, it was fine. But I did, there were a couple of times where I just thought, man, I would have left already. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Check it out. <laughs> um, so, okay. So how about, um, I have another pet peeve of, uh, cliche characters. Um, and this, and this came up in a book I read recently where, um, the mean girl, you know, there's always sort of the, a click or something and there's a mean girl, but when they're total mean girl cliche or when the ex-boyfriend is a total douche and I'm like, tell me why she went out with him. Like, why do I care about a woman that would let herself, you know, put a, I don't know, cliche characters kind of bother me. And and they're, they're, it's easy to fall into as a writer. I know sometimes it's like, well, I need to have sort of this other woman to kind of create conflict. But then I, I try to really be like, I don't want her to be a mean girl. I don't want it to be obvious that this is going to be a problem. Or I, I want something about her that just doesn't make her this quote unquote mean girl, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think about cliche characters? Well, I think sometimes they're thrown in because that's where your conflict comes from is this cliche character. And they tend to be very flat Um, there's often not a lot of depth to them. So yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's an, I think it can be an easy way out for a writer and may not be. And I think, you know, like we've talked about in the past that romances are smarter than they used to be. Uh, they're not just bodice rippers and that sort of thing. So we, we look for that deeperness. We look for, more conflict and in, in reality, in real life, um, you can certainly have, you know, a, a woman who comes in and creates the conflict because, you know, you get this kind of three, this three-way issue going on. And um, I think that, yeah, in real life that happens, but she's not always the mean girl or the slutty woman or whatever. Yeah. Oftentimes, sometimes they don't even know that the guy is married because uh, he lied. Um, 
sometimes, you know, things are going bad in his relationship and they just allow themselves to get carried away. And she's kind of a victim in a way too, because, you know, maybe they're young and inexperienced and um, get caught up in something that they shouldn't be caught up in and makes it difficult for everyone. So I think if you create that depth, it's not such a problem, but yeah, when they're flat and they don't have, and we talked about it earlier, motivation, if it lacks that motivation, then. um, Yeah. I I agree with what you say about it sort of being the easy way. It's, you know, it's the character everybody recognizes. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's easy to sort of put them in as a player and everybody will know who this is and, and what's going on. But I I agree that it's a little bit easy because it's, I I think you can up the tension a little bit or, or the conflict even by making them not so obvious to be the mean girl where we're not sure, or we're wondering, or Mm -hmm. just, and like you said, create a depth to them so that at least, you know, there seems to be something more there than just, you know this this mean girl or this douchebag guy you know that she's to to go out with because i you know the because the other part of that it does reflect on your character so if your Mm -hmm. character is allowing themselves to be you know beat up or manipulated and i meant beat up like emotionally not Mm -hmm. you know just sort of a victim of these you know cliche people then what does that say about your character you know um we want to root for for these people we want them to have some spunk and and it's not that you're never going to have a character that doesn't ever get put upon or or you know abused emotionally or whatever um but i think it's much more in i think it's much more interesting if you know through the character's eyes, we could see that it's not so obvious mm-hmm. that person is sort of the mean person, that it, it's not always clear um, that they are out to get you or don't care about you. Um, right. And then we understand a little bit more about why they're in their, they were in your lives in the first place. I don't know. That's just my. No, it's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and sometimes, uh, I know when creating conflict, you can um, use like a situational thing to create a situation that creates this conflict and, you know, then they're on either side of it. And then you don't always have to rely on that flatter character or whatever, because it's a situation you all need to figure out how to deal with it. And if you can't deal with that situation, then your relationship's not going to make it through. And in reality, I think that's what a lot of us in real life go through and why sometimes uh, marriages break up because the situations get out of control. You know, maybe someone loses a job, you're losing a lot of money. Um, I actually remember reading years ago that one of the top reasons that people, that couples fought and divorced was over money, um, which can become a situational thing. And if you can't get through that, then your relationship's not going to be able to stand. So I think with your character, your flat character, you have more, you know, you don't have to rely on that flat or cliched character as much if you use other different manners of conflict. You bring in different con- manners of conflict rather than just the old flame or the mean girl right. that is trying to catch your man or whatever. Yeah. I'll tell you, one of the things I wanted to bring up was one of your pet peeves, which I absolutely agree with, is weepy women. Yes. I've read books where 
like every chapter she's crying she's crying she's crying she's crying i'm <laughs> get a grip yeah yeah suck it up <laughs> pull up your pink girl pants and move on <laughs> Yeah, it, it it detracts, you know, when you have a woman, and it's not that they should never cry, but, you know, right. when they do, you really know, okay, this is an emotional moment. But if they're always boo-hooing, I agree. It's just, <laughs> good golly. Yeah, there are a couple of books, and I'm not going to say which ones right now that I've read. Some New York Times bestseller, one in particular, I remember she was, like, crying, Halfway, 50% of the book. And I'm like, yeah. girlfriend, get your act. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to say crying is a sign of weakness um, because I don't. I mean, I, I believe you have, you know, you feel bad, you cry. I totally buy that. But when they are like through the, through the book, just weepy, 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 weepy. It's just like, come on, you know, get it together. <laughs> Honey, go get yourself some Wellbutrin or Prozac. Yes. yes. So much better. Throw a backbone. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I like it better when they sort of, do you remember in Dances with Wolves when um, the woman is explaining her name? It's mm-hmm. like stands with, stands a, with fist. a fist. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, that's what comes to mind. I'm like, you know, just. Know, get on with it. Be strong, you know. Um, and again, I don't want to say that that if you cry, you're weak, because I don't believe that. But you know, there is when they're constantly weeping over every little thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I think you need to stiffen the lip and you know, tell them off or you know, whatever it is that made them cry. They need to kind of stand up and be strong and cry later. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and, and there has to be a reason. Like, if you're suffering from postpartum depression, you're crying all the time because you have no sleep, you got a new baby. I get oh, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. you know, if the Hallmark commercial makes you cry, I get that. <laughs> when there's, but it's just constant drama. And I think that's part of what it is. It's like the, 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 it's the, the drama queen type of thing. And, and we need to step. I have to step back and that's just not one of the, yeah. one of the character if, traits that I enjoy. I wonder if it's done as, as an attempt to create emotion in the reader where the yeah. reader understands how they feel. And I'm like, you know, I mean, use something else besides crying to let us know, mm-hmm. you know it, that she's feeling devastated or whatever it is. Um, Cause some people, sometimes it's an emotional shutdown and that can be very powerful into itself. Yeah. You know, that if you explain that they just stare into this cold cup of coffee for eight hours or something, right? <laughs> doesn't get made, food doesn't get eaten, we don't go to work, we just lie there staring aimlessly at the television, <laughs> trying not to think of whatever this emotional thing that has happened to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rather than this, this constant sobbing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely prefer books where... You know, the writing is is much more sensory oriented than, Mm -hmm. you know, they just cried or whatever, but, you know, where, you know, their heart hurts or their chest hurts or, you know, um, their shape, you know, whatever it is. There's a lot of different ways to describe feelings 
mm-hmm. we are just crying. We big. Wah. <laughs> so um, I also have on my list the words chuckle and giggle, which which I understand for me are just like they're mine. You know, I, I, I think some of these other ones, a lot of people ag- would agree with me on. Yeah, I don't like weak characters. Yeah, I don't like it when they, you know, um, the woman comes off unlikable or, you know, whatever. But the chuckle and the giggle, I just, I don't like them. I mean, to me. Well, I'm- to me, teenagers giggle. So yeah. I have teenagers Giggling giggle in my. Girls con- giggle. Yes. Giggling girls. I don't know. I don't usually attribute giggling to women unless maybe they're inebriated or something. Yeah. Um, the chuckle though, I know I use uh, men chuckle in my books. Women tend not to chuckle in my books, but men, men will give a guffaw or a chuckle. Men chuckle. I'm, I read a, um, it was a, you know how they have uh there's Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, but people have written books beyond that, mm-hmm. you know, Elizabeth and Darcy's way. And one of them wrote that Darcy had chuckled. And I'm like, there's no way Darcy ever chuckled in his entire life. <laughs> but in my mind, but you know, I think it's what I think of a chuckle. I mean, um, I, chuckles seem kind of pervy to me. You know, that's, when I when I think of somebody chuckling, it's just sort of this. <laughs> I've never considered that. That is but so. I, but and I so I so I don't use it. Um, and I know that that's not what it means. Um, you know what I mean? Like I understand what a chuckle is, and I understand like when I read it in a book, I get the you know that it's you know it's he's not laughing. He's just, you know, has a little humor sound coming out. But in my mind, when I think of chuckle, it, it, that's sort of what I think of, you know. So it's, it's why. I, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. And then giggle, again, I, you know, silly girls is, is usually what I, you, silly girls giggle. Um, and again, that's just me. I'm not saying, you know, I'm sure I giggle sometimes, but I'm silly. So there you go. <laughs> Silly girls, we giggle. I think of again going back to Pride and Prejudice. I think of um, Elizabeth's younger sisters. They giggle. Yeah, you know, I think of giggle. I think of Lydia Bennett. When I re- I remember back in high school. I think of hanging out with my girlfriends, and we would, you know, we'd see something and we'd giggle, or we'd hear something and we'd giggle. Yeah, we giggle when we were teenagers because yeah. what's what young yeah. girls do? We giggle. What's the difference between a chuckle and a giggle and a snicker? I like Snicker. Actually, I like Snicker. <laughs> yeah. Someone yeah. snickered. I love I love a, a Snicker or a Snort. I, like <laughs> I do. Snicker. I use Snort. I do use Snort. I use Snort and a Snicker. I use Chuckle. And occasionally yeah. I'll use a giggle in an appropriate place, but I tend not to. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I, I totally know that I they're mine. I own them. Because every time I'll say, like, Chuckle and Giggle, people look at me like, what is wrong? Those are perfectly good words, <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I are we lie. giggling now, Leslie? Maybe, maybe, but I'm a silly girl. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I don't know. Do you have any others that are? Um, no. Uh, well, I'm, I'm never a fan of wallflowers. Um, the like, 
girl that is so shy, she can't even function or speak properly to just anybody, whether it's male or female. Um, yeah, I, I kind of have issues with that. And I, I know that people are probably like that and they, but I think people are, you know, when they get to a certain age, they're socialized enough that even if you are shy, you can still make the effort because you realize this is a societal thing and you need to make the effort to speak normally. I mean, unless you're, your character, you know, has, you know, a social disorder or something like that. I just feel as though um, overwhelming shyness when you're just speaking to people normally, it's different if you're putting your person in a public speaking. And because I, I, I understand that public speaking can be, is one of the biggest fears, even more than death for people. Like that's a top fear is public speaking. So I, I get that if people can't, but, you know, in a social situation, someone who's gone to a party that they've been invited to and even been introduced around or whatever, and they're just so scared to speak, they sit in a corner with their drink and everything. I'm like, why am I interested in this character if that's the way it's going to be? And then, you know, someone always sidles up, oh, hey, how are you doing? And, yeah. you know, they'll stumble around and that, I, I'm not a, th- I'm not a, I'm not a fan of, of the, the weepy, shy, yeah. <laughs> wallflower. I, yeah. I also, I think I just prefer, I personally prefer stronger women, but I, I like, I also like women who have flaws and that sort of thing. I think yeah. it's important to have those. As well. I, I would, um, um, I guess it was over at Goodreads, actually, this list came up where people were sharing their, sort of their peeves. Okay. Um, you know, some of those were interesting. Um, some of them were like instant love. You know, I saw across the room and immediately I had to have them. A lot of them didn't, didn't like that very much. Um, one of them had to do with the euphemisms used in, in expressing body parts. And I will agree. I, today I don't see, it's not a problem today. In, in the books I read today, there's not weird euphemisms. But if you read old romances, you know, that include sexy bits, there's some interesting words that people. <laughs> I still think, actually, if you ever read some erotic man, there are some interesting euphemisms. Oh, is it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, For just, if, you're laughing, if you're laughing, and it's and it's not supposed to be funny, but you're <laughs> laughing because they're describing something, you know. A throbbing monster or something, you know. I mean, you can't take that seriously. Come on. <laughs> Do you mean so, giggling or chuckling? That's right. That's right. If you, yeah. We should. I have chuckled and giggled chuckled. recently. Mm-hmm. Some of the books I've read, or maybe it was like a ha. <laughs> um. But yeah, but you know, sometimes some people's pet peeves, other people love it, you know, so it it kind of goes back to, you know, before we've talked about stuff where, you know, everybody has their own reading preference. So some people might like the wallflower person. I think people do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's why they write it. I'm sure there are people who are shy and can identify with that. Um, I've never been accused of being a wallflower, so. No, really? (laughs) I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. 
I, so, yeah. But, you, I, know. you know, I mean, you could have a wallflower, but if fairly quickly in the story, we were seeing growth, that yeah. they were coming into their own, you know, you you could probably go with that. But if they're kind of a wet rag through the whole thing, then that's, you know, it, exactly. it's hard to get behind a character that that is just sort of limp mm-hmm. <laughs> through the whole thing. Yeah, if like in their first chapter they're that way, but then they start to grow and start a relationship or whatever, I, I, I'm good with that. But if they're a wall, if they're, they're like you said, a limp rag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that wasn't so many pet peeves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am a picky reader. I, I will say, you know, I mean, I. Like I said, I can put a book down. Some, if I put it down in the first chapter, a lot of times I'll go back and try and read it again, mm-hmm. um, you know, and try to give it 100 pages. Because a lot of times if I can get to 100 pages, if they finally hooked me in, you know, I'm good to go. And anything that bothered me either was overcome or, you know, I've just, it's it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Um, but um, But, yeah, some things I just obnoxious women that uh, that really does mostly because i'm just like i don't like you why does he you know <laughs> you know but and sometimes i don't like the men either i mean they can be pretty obnoxious too you know these mm-hmm. alpha males i mean i you know i like a good alpha male but when they're really like what so, we call alpha holes yeah yeah and i'm just like oh come on you know yeah i'm not, i'm not a fan of the alpha hole at all. And I, I think that there was kind of a backlash a couple of years ago. I remember there was a bit, alpha males were really big, uh, especially during the twilight years uh, when that first came out. And then, so then there were a lot of them that came out, obviously in the Christian Grey and that sort of thing. But then I think there was a bit of a backlash against the, the alpha hole situation. And I think we're seeing maybe a little bit less of that things, things change, you know, the, like we've talked about in the past, um, it changes depending yeah. on societal norms. Some of them really like pushed that. the envelope to creepy. Like, like if Edward Cullen weren't a vampire, some of the things that he did would be, you know, scary. Mm-hmm. Right? Coming into her room at night to watch her sleep. No, that's creepy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and somebody said if Christian Gray wasn't rich, didn't live in this fancy house, but lived out in. Yeah, in a trailer. In like a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that one time. We think he's pretty creepy and yeah. Nobody would like him. Yeah. They'd be like, take your whips and chains and go somewhere else. Um, but, you know. In a trailer. <laughs> and, maybe, you know, maybe this is a show we could do sometime is talking about, the because I think in romance, we have greater diversity in how we can, how a woman can be depicted. But mm. men almost always, maybe not alpha, but they are almost always tall, muscular, you know, mm-hmm. um, they're not always broody. And I do like when I come across a, um, a male lead who, you know, is sort of light and fun and, you know, not that tall, dark and broody type, but even they are generally tall, <laughs> handsome, handsome. You know, and you don't see very many beta males, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and I'm wondering if, you know, there might be a reason for that. Would we not like that? Would, would he be, be, 
seen as weak. I don't know. It would be an interesting thing to look into. That would be. I hadn't really thought about it. I, I think there has been, actually, when there was the backlash, because I remember being part of a number of uh, forums and groups that were talking about the alcohol and you know, the backlash against it a little bit. And there were more women who were talking about writing more more beta men. And, and maybe those are the kind of the jollier, happier guys that you're talking about rather than tall, brooding, you know, doesn't say much. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I'm, I'm thinking about some of the characters that I've put in my, uh, my mysteries. I have a number of men in there and I do have the tall, brooding kind of, he doesn't say much. Um, but then I also have some other guys that are have all have different and they're not all tall, dark and handsome uh, because part of one of the crew that I put together, they're uh, they're vets. They're all vets. They've all done military service in some manner. So I have some of them who one of them has a very deep scar running down half of his face. And he I've had a lot of people and I, I really I love that character. And I really have had a lot of people tell me they love that character as well. And so I like seeing um, kind of these men who aren't perfect for some reason or other. Um, maybe they have an injury, they have a limp, they have, and I think we're seeing more of that, um, especially in military romances, I think. We see those vets coming back, you know, and they're dealing with the PTSD or they're dealing with losing a limb or having, you know, some sort of scarring, physical scarring in some manner and that sort of thing. And I like seeing that. And I think it pr- brings a good bit of diversity. In, um, uh, but I think we also got off topic on that. <laughs> I, just, I wondered. In the, in the Bromance Book Club, he has a stutter. Okay. So, you know, that's, um, but yeah. And years ago, I read a book where he was in a tractor. He was a farmer in a tractor accident and, and his part of his leg was amputated. That was years ago. I haven't read something like that lately. Um, but anyways, we are off topic, but it, well, it goes to the fact that sometimes, um, overly alpha males can be, you know, the jerk, the jerk ones can be, you know, same as the obnoxious woman. It's like, why are you even putting up with that guy? You know, Mm -hmm. because he's rich. No, that's the wrong reason. (laughs) That's not right. But I'd be curious to hear what other people pet peeves were i'd be curious to see if anybody else doesn't like chuckle or giggle (laughs) so you'll all have to let us know after you listen to the podcast let us know what your pet peeves are (laughs) and uh what your romance pet peeves are and whether you like giggle or chuckle or if that bothers you too or if there's a particular word i had a roommate who uh couldn't stand the word moist (laughs) in college (laughs) anytime she was in the room would be like oh hey moist (laughs) just to mess with her, you know? Oh, wow. That's hilarious. There's um, Lauren Blakely has audiobooks, and she had, at the end of one, they interviewed two of her readers. Mm-hmm. Sebastian York was one of the readers. I, I love him. And I can't remember who the woman was, but they were asked, what is the word you don't like to read? <laughs> and, he, and he said, panties. <laughs> <laughs> So every time I write panties, I always think of him. <laughs> You're reading my books about you. You're going to have to read this word. Okay, well, I wish I could remember hers, but um, but yeah, panties. Because, you know, of all the words they read in these romances, but that was the one. He's just like, I, you know. I know. 
Because he's got to, you know, I'm sure he's got to read some pretty steamy stuff. Yeah, he does. He's, he's a popular. I, he could read. I would be thrilled if he read my, I could listen to him read the phone book. I mean, he just has this amazing voice. So, yeah. You know, readers make the difference in a romance. And he, there's a couple of them. There's a British guy. I don't even know if he's British, but he does all the British accents on the books that I listen to. And he's very good, too. Can't remember his name. But anyway. So, um, so that's it for today. Oh, that was great. Pet peeves. So um, everybody join us. Uh, thanks for joining our conversation. And you can visit swoonworthyhea.com slash podcast to find this show and share your thoughts. Um, what are your biggest romance pet peeves? And hope you'll come back and visit us for other shows. Be sure to subscribe to our channel and leave a review as well. And the next time, I think we're going to be talking about rom-com, chiclet, and contemporary, the differences between the three. I hope we can figure it out by then because I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs>